Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. We kick off tonight with a conversation that by definition is relevant to every single person listening to the radio tonight. It's very close to home for Open House. In fact, it concerns the future of community radio broadcasting where you're tuned to the program right now. To be clear at the start, I've neither been asked nor certainly told to cover this tonight. It's always my call. But I really feel compelled to talk about this with my well-known love and passion for radio and the fact that the only reason we have Open House, for instance, is because of community broadcasting. And I say that not out of self-preservation, but out of a great passion for everything that Open House means to our many thousands of listeners. There are 362 community radio stations across Australia covering a wide range of grassroots community issues and concerns. 4.4 million people tune into community radio on an average week. It's bigger than lots of people think. It's local. In our case, it's national. And because it's radio, it connects like no other media. Now, the future of radio generally, including community broadcasting, is digital. 1.4 million people in five state capitals listen to digital radio at the moment. It's about 11% of the audience, and it's rapidly growing. More than a million digital radios are out there. Many new cars, for instance, are being sold with them as standard. And yet, the community broadcasting sector says community digital radio is now under threat, that the government has cut anticipated funding by $1.4 million and it will force digital radio services to close. The sector's launched a public campaign in the lead-up to the budget to get the government to come up with the funding to close that gap and secure the future of digital community broadcasting. Tonight, this will be your chance as well to have your say, to send your message to the government and, for that matter, to the opposition going to throw the lines open for your voice to be heard on 1300 40 2020. If you value community broadcasting, if you'd like to see it secured for the future of Australia, we'd love to hear from you, not only from the perspective of Christian broadcasting. This sector covers a very wide range of cultural connections. Whatever your interest, let your voice be heard in this debate tonight. This is your chance, perhaps before it's too late. Give us a call, one three hundred forty twenty twenty. While you do, I want to speak with one man who's spearheading this protest campaign, the chairman of Hope Media, which puts out Open House, Stephen O'Doherty. Stephen, welcome to Open House. Hello, Lee. It's so great to be with you. It's Thank you. wonderful to have you in the studio. Thanks, Stephen. One critical question I want to kick off with. We need to air to begin with, why should a government fund something like this when all these radio stations already have their supporters financially backing them? Well, it's a very interesting um, question. The government has decided in the future that radio will move into the digital spectrum. Yes. It opened up this entirely new type of broadcasting for Australia. It decided on a technology. By the way, it decided on one that's expensive to uh, broadcast, DAB+. Yes. Um, but it did that for good technical reasons, and I think digital radio in Australia sounds fantastic. It does, yes. So it decided it was going to open up an entirely new technology. Now, it hasn't said that existing radios won't continue to work, but I think the anticipation is that over a number of years, uh, radio will move into the digital spectrum in the way that television has moved into the digital spectrum. Part of the reason for that, Lee, is because the government wants to sell off Um, The other types of spectrum, AM, FM, eventually, um, will become a spectrum that the government can sell to other people who want digital services, mobile phone carriers and so on and so on. 
Um, so for them, opening up the digital spectrum was a way of freeing up some spectrum down the track, a long-term hedge for the for the future of digital services and a way of making money. Yeah. The government, it owns the spectrum by definition, it sells the spectrum. I was about to say it's God's spectrum, but the government manages it. <laughs> That's right. Good perspective. <laughs> yeah. So, so it, the future really has to be digital. Well, it does have to be digital. Yes. Everybody will start moving into digital. It'll be the way that they listen to radio. A colleague of mine in my office where I work during the week, uh, he bought a radio for his office during the week. What did he buy? A DAB Plus radio. Sure. Yeah. So it's happening in Australia. We take up technology quickly. And just to answer your question, the cost of moving into that new technology for com- for community radio was just not possible to meet. So the government said, we want everybody to be in that spectrum, and here's the plan. We're going to set aside some money so that community radio can be in that spectrum like everybody else. And again, in terms of the range of specialty broadcasting, digital and community broadcasting covers a multitude of different special interests and really important ones. Community radio, absolutely. You've mentioned the figures on the number of stations. Let's say there are 35 Christian community stations in Australia. Uh, We're going to air on 12 of them right now across the country. Um, And that's just one of the important groups that's been in community radio. Community radio exists in the legislation and has done since... Um, since the 1970s, basically. The late 70s is when community radio got its start in this country because it was a way of saying, well, we want, we have a diversity of views in the country. We don't want radio to only be available to those people who can buy a very expensive licence and buy very expensive equipment um, or the state. So those are the two other groups in radio, the, the, com- the commercial stations and then the state-funded services like the ABC and SBS. And then the government said, we'll make some spectrum available for the diversity of other views in the community. And I, for one, think that that's that's been a brilliant piece of public policy because it's meant that groups like ours and other groups, um, for example, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, uh, people print handicapped, just a whole range of diverse groups, Islamic radio stations, and so it goes on throughout the community. They can have access to the airwaves so that they're uh, the members of their communities can listen to material that's been put to air particularly for their interests. And they're funded by their supporters. Well, yeah, they are. Like uh, all of the radio stations we're going on air on, you know, at the moment, they're funded by their supporters. And you'll well know that we're, you know, a couple of times of year, we're asking you to help keep us on air. And all of that money goes to the bottom line of providing FM radio services across the country. Yeah. When it came to starting digital, there was no money in the pot for us to go into digital, but the government said community radio is part of the radio scene in Australia. It's legislated for. We need to move everybody into digital radio, so the commercial stations are there. The government gave a vast amount of money for the ABC and SBS to be there, and it also gave a pot of money for the capital cost. So that means just the equipment cost and the access fees and literally building transmitter sites for community radio to be there in the mix as well. How come the gaps opened up there? Well, here's the problem. So there was the cost of building the thing. Then there's the cost of actually running it. And digital radio is very, it's more expensive to run than you might imagine. It works in an entirely different way. A number of stations, I think 12 at a time, share what's called a multiplexer. So it's not transmission as we know it, Lee. No, that's right. (laughs) 12 people go to air at the same time down one digital signal. That, by the way, is why it's more efficient in in its use of spectrum. So um, to get one of those multiplexers going and to operate it year by year costs some money, just as the FM transmitters cost money year by year 
Um, so the government provided as part of its move to digital package for community radio, it provided an amount of money to pay the ongoing costs for um, for the multiplexes, for the transmitter sites. The, the transmitter sites cost $3.6 million a year to run, um, and the government is sorry, per, over four years, the government's given 2.2. There's a shortfall. Yes. And the problem was that the government said, yes, we will fund the cost of you going into digital radio and will fund the ongoing cost of you transmitting on these multiplexes. When it came down to it, and we don't really know why it happened, the government um, provided a $1.4 million shortfall. It, it, it fell short of the money that it had promised. Uh, that is to say, its commitment was that it would fund the ongoing transmission. It didn't fund $1.4 million worth. Now, we can't find that money around the country. Community Radio was never budgeting for that money. We don't have it in our ability to raise that money, certainly not um, not immediately. We could, I suppose, re-gear to pull money out of other services over the next 10 years. But most stations around the country run on um, much less, you know, $600,000 a year sort of is their average budget. A number of the larger stations are running budgets of more than that, but my goodness, it takes a lot to raise that money. And some services will close, is that true? Well, yeah, I mean, if we don't get the money from the government to honour its commitment, its commitment was, we'll pay the cost of your transmitter. It didn't. If that doesn't happen, we can't find the money anywhere else. We'll just have to turn it off. Um, That space will then be available for other people to take. Community radio will not have a footprint in digital at all anymore, full stop. And it just baffles me as to why the government can't see that it's plain. They said, we'll fund you being on the transmitter, we'll fund the transmitter costs year by year, and now they're not. We can't make up the shortfall. It's not a difference between $1.4 million and and the full cost. It's the difference between nothing and the cost. So with this campaign that you've launched, Mm. and it's uh, coming to a head this week, what do you want people to do? Commit to Community Radio is the name of the uh, the website. Commit to Community Radio dot org dot au. Yes, okay, <laughs> just checking. Um, and we'll put the uh, website up on our please do community Facebook page. We want people to go to that site and to register their interest so that they can. Uh, in fact, there's a there's a, a way now. Wonderful technology. You sign a petition online. Yep. Uh, you show your support for digital radio. I think, and and whether you, whether it's the Christian station you listen to, or a fine music station, or a, a youth radio station, all of those stations, diversity. You know, millions of Australians every year. About one in five listen to community radio at some stage during the week. So we need those people to go to the website to register their interest and um, sign the online petition, so that the government need, means knows that we're serious. We just want a one point four million dollar addition to the budget in May. So it needs to be done right now and Stephen Conroy needs to understand, who won't meet with the sector to talk about this anymore, he needs to understand that it's not just people like you and I banging on about it, it's one in five Australians who access community radio every week that simply need him to honour his commitment. You mentioned it before, but just picture the need of of the people who listen to radio for the print handicapped. Yeah. Just that one alone. That's right. Commit to communityradio.org.au is the place to go. We'll stick it up on our Open House Community Facebook page. Thank you so much, Stephen. So it's over to you. This is the night for your voice to be heard. one three hundred forty twenty twenty. Andrew has called from Glenwood. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for calling. G'day, Lee. G'day, Stephen. Yeah. Hello, Andrew. 
How are you both? Yeah, fine. Good. What would you like to say, Andrew? Community radio, I, look, I've worked in community radio uh, as a youngster and uh, I know people involved in community radio. I think it is just quite ridiculous that in 2013 uh, you can pay money to the government to run a community radio station, but you cannot then earn a living by selling advertising. That's a great point, Andrew. Um, people might say, why don't you just sell more advertising? To-? Well, we're, we are bound by legislation only to sell five minutes of advertising per hour, correct. which is part of the genius of commercial of, of uh, community, community radio. Yes, not radio, radio. yes. <laughs> it's correct. Now, there, there's no uh, requirement on a commercial radio station to have a minimum mm. of advertising per mm. hour. Yeah. They can literally run 55 minutes of advertising an hour if they wish. Mm. Um, I can set up a blog from home. I can approach... Uh, people to advertise on that blog. There's no restrictions on that. There's no caveats on that to say what I can and cannot advertise. Mm. Um, this is antiquated nonsense. And and if we are going as as, as a country to to uh, push community radio stations into broadcasting in DAB plus format, which as you said, digital radio in Australia is great. It's far better than America, Canada, the UK. But that is a huge cost to organisations like yourselves and to many other community radio stations that simply just do not have the money to fund it. Totally is, Andrew. Very much appreciate your call. Thanks very much for joining us. Spud has called in from Howard Springs in the top end. Hi, Spud. G'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, what would you like to say, Spud? Listen, I'm involved in community radio in all manner of worlds, as you'd know, Lee. Yes, I do. One of them is Aboriginal Radio. Yep, well done. I work for an organisation, well, I contract to an organisation that has 20 transmission sites. Wow. One in Darwin and 19 in northeast Arnhem Land. Hmm. Now, it's in language, it's not in English, that's a good thing. We're a teaching radio service. But I can't... I couldn't bring myself. We've got FM transmitters in these little three and four house communities. We, co- we as an organisation and the government themselves can't, couldn't afford the cost of putting digital radio into all these little homelands. Yep, that's right. It's a good point, Spud. Thanks very much for letting your voice be heard. Gay has rung in from Hobart. Hi, Gay. Hi, Lee. Thanks very much for calling. What would you like to say, Gay? Um, I listen to the radio more than what I watching television. I haven't got a computer, so I can't um, give my support. Um, I just love 106.5. I'm kind of like you. You know, I I work in television, and yet just between you and me, I probably listen to more radio during the week than watch TV. Of course you do. That's right. (laughs) Why wouldn't you? Gay, thanks so much for calling. Faye has called in from South Australia. Hi, Faye. She's there. I'm concerned. This government, especially, if you um, look to the text of um, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, because this is just where it's going, Mm. this government can spend money on doing other things, and yet when it comes to the the people who need services like ours, um, I'm a person with a vision impairment, and I value our RPH network, which is also uh, going to digital. And as far as I'm concerned, if they can fund the money, I mean... Supporters, as we are willing to uh, support financially, but what the government don't forget is that they have to realise that people are doing it tough out there, and what the government should be doing is cutting their own cloth first before they take it out at the expense of the community. Look, Faye, that's a Thanks great, very much, that's Faye. a great point. Uh, Faye raises a great point, Lee. One point four million dollars. Um, 
If to, to most of us, you know, that is that is a vast amount of money. Stratospheric, yes. To governments, it's not a large amount of money. No. And, um, you know, for those people who, who are involved in government funding of a number of programs and so on, to think that the entire effort to move community radio to digital will fail, but for the lack of $1.4 million per year, it's a per annum cost, yeah. um, is craziness. And it, it simply seems to us in the, in the community radio sector that um, it's just not on the minister's radar, that he hasn't brought his head to it. They committed money to build the transmitters. They've committed um, two-thirds of the cost of running them year by year. It's not what they'd intended. They'd intended for this to just go on. They don't need people like Faye to worry about the fact that there won't be this service going on into the future. Well, from the voices literally from around Australia yeah. we've just what heard. A, let's great. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope he hears. Mm. Stephen Adodi, always great to talk. Thanks Thank so you, much Lee. for coming in. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.